0: Donald Trump's inauguration isn't for another two months, but there's already a court fight over where protests can take place along the route of the inaugural parade. The fight actually predates the election, but it has taken on a new dynamic after Trump's surprise victory. That's in part because the parade will travel right past the Trump International Hotel. A federal appeals court this week heard arguments on a challenge to National Park Service regulations that give the president-elect's inaugural committee control over the sidewalk in front of the Trump Hotel, as well as some other places along the parade route. The challenge comes from would-be demonstrators known as the Answer Coalition, and that stands for Act Now to Stop War and End Racism, and that group says the space should be open to the public. With us to discuss the issue is one of our favorite guests, Eugene Volokh, a law professor at the UCLA's School of Law. Eugene, this is a long-running legal fight. Uh, In the last ruling, a federal district judge, Judge Friedman, sided with the government. Can you just give us the basics of of what Judge Friedman said?
1: Sure. So basically, people have a right to parade and protest and demonstrate. Uh, But uh, sometimes you have two organizations that want to have a parade, protest, or demonstration in the same place. What do you do? Uh, In some situations, there are rules that come up like first-come, first-served of some sort or something along those lines. In this instance, uh, the uh, the regulations uh, favor uh, the essentially, not quite the government, but a government-chosen speaker, which is to say uh, the Inauguration Committee. Uh, And the theory being that this this is a parade that's organized for kind of governmental purposes even if it's organized by a, a facially uh, a private organization, uh, and that uh, the government is entitled to say, look, we get preferential access to this, so long as there are ample other places along the parade route where uh, where other protesters can speak. Uh, and this kind of government preferential access for speech is actually pretty commonplace. So, for example, when you're talking about uh, things like posting posting signs uh, either like road signs or traffic control signs, uh, or, uh, or for that matter, just things that are posted uh, along the street. Um, uh, the government often says, look, we're entitled to post things indicating uh, historic markers or directional signs uh, or some sort of government public education or advocacy campaign, but it doesn't mean the rest of you guys can post it on what is, after all, our property. Uh, It's a little more complicated when it comes to sidewalks, which are viewed as traditional public fora. But even there, the sense is that the government is entitled to say, look, uh, there is an event that we are holding here, and you can't hold your event in the same place we're holding ours.
0: Eugene, court challenges to the location of inaugural protests have been filed every four years since 2001 with differing results. Why isn't there one set of results?
1: Well, I think the problem is that uh, um, the legal rules end up being pretty fact-sensitive. A lot depends on the particular restrictions that are out there. So, for example, the restrictions have to be narrowly tailored to the government interest in preserving the space for for its purposes and preventing undue crowding, preventing uh, security problems, uh, and also have to leave open ample alternative channels. Uh, So much depends... uh, much depends on uh, exactly what, uh, uh, what space is prohibited in any particular, uh, um, uh, uh, particular uh, uh, protest or any particular parade route, and uh, what, uh, why it's prohibited and what space is allowed.
0: Eugene, I think uh, if you ask the average person, is the inaugural committee a public or a private organization, they would probably guess public, um, but it is actually, as you said, a private organization. Uh, does that make any, any difference in the way this case is analyzed?
1: So it would have if it were a purely private organization. Uh, but uh, uh, given that it is something that is essentially uh, fulfilling kind of a government-related function, uh, it the the court 's view is that, in a sense, this speech is kind of government endorsed speech in a certain sense, not necessarily that the government agrees with every message that might be sent, but that more broadly it is something that uh, uh, that the government Maybe all governments have parades and other such things uh, to celebrate important political events uh, uh, that uh, uh, that uh, uh, are in a sense uh, uh, authorized by the government in a special way, even if they are run sometimes by nonprofits.
0: Well, so so what? So when you analyze this under the First Amendment, Eugene, you know, to what degree do you have to think of this as a public forum?
1: certainly is a public forum. And that is an important point. If this were an attempt to protest inside a government building, for example, a classic example of a non-public forum, the government could just say, nope, we just don't allow any protests, period. Um, And we can have our own people speaking uh, in the building. We can have messages we favor on the walls of the building. And you guys, the rest of you, can't. Uh, um, I, I can't
0: speak there Eugene, we're uh, gonna have to, I'm, af- Eugene I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there uh, that is it for this edition of Bloomberg Law we will be back tomorrow thanks to our technical director Reginald Bazile and our producer Mark S- Siniscalchi uh, and thank you to Eugene Volok of UCLA Law School our last guest you can find more legal news at BloombergLaw.com and BloombergBNA.com coming up on Bloomberg Radio Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that here on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg.